0: Welcome to the podcast of Catholic Marriage A to Z, where we cover topics of Catholic marriage from A to Z and everything in between. We are Audrey and Zach Peters, a young Catholic couple shedding light on the realities of Catholic marriage as we try to live it to the fullest. Unfiltered, personal, and authentic. Follow along with us every week as we dive into different topics surrounding Catholicism and marriage. Oh, are we starting? You, you say that every time. I know.
1: I know. Let's try and change it up. I'm actually really excited about this one.
0: Why are you excited?
1: I think you hear podcasts like this, a little bit of a spoiler. We're, we're talking about you know transitioning from college and just how that looks and everything. You hear a lot of podcasts that are probably around this subject and around I mean, just transitioning in life in general, whether it is from college or a new job or marriage or... You know, losing someone—I don't know. Take your pick. I feel like a lot of times it's not like as it's happening. They're looking back and saying, "Oh, you know, ten years ago, or I don't know." And for us, like again, we don't know if everything we say is completely the the best advice or 100 percent accurate. But for me, I, it's happening right now, and so at the minimum, it's authentic and it's real. So that that's why I like it because it, we can kind of look back, or even for ourselves, and. Be like, wow! This is uh, this is where we were, you know, little babies thinking, you know, in small parts of our marriage and everything, and moving forward. So I don't know that that's why I'm excited about it. As it's it's not a big a big thing or a big idea, or again, a maybe not the most entertaining thing ever, but it's real. It's authentic. We are very fresh off of what we're talking about today, so it's just, and we're still do- doing it right now, um, which we'll get into a little bit later. But that's why I think it's gonna be fun.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we don't know how to be adults, so this is why
1: whoa, whoa, we came whoa. on this
0: podcast to f- tell other people how to be real adults.
1: We're figuring it out as we're giving you advice.
0: Yes, that's the best kind of advice.
1: Hopefully. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's great. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel like, yeah, we are in this stage right now, so I, like Zach said, if you kind of look back in time, sometimes it's like, oh, it wasn't that bad, but then you... It dulls the emotions of the moment. It's like, oh, this was hard or this is what I was thinking about during this time. So yeah. For this episode and for the whole podcast, that's kind of a big a big thing. So we're doing it. We are yeah. adulting. We have graduated college. Zach graduated college a little more
1: a Dece- little yeah. more
0: more longer ago.
1: Yeah, December <laughs> of uh twenty one and you were May of twenty two. Yes. So not, not terribly far off, but Enough to make a difference for right now. Hasn't yeah. even been a year for you, which is crazy to think about. It is kind of crazy. It's been a little bit over a year for me now. so
0: A lot has changed in the past eight, nine months yeah, that's since sure. I graduated college, which is just nuts. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's the... I've talked to Zach about that's one of the big things that has been so weird. Like I feel like a lot has changed in a very short amount of time. And I think it is, again, looking back, I just don't remember now. I think it's very similar to... The amount of change that happened my freshman year of college, like transitioning into that stage of life. Like, I think a lot happened that that first year of trying to kind of be on your own, be somewhat independent and stuff like that. And your freedom. mm -hmm, Exactly. And now we're in a very similar time where just a lot there's a big transition. and A lot is changing very fast, whereas I feel like the last three years of college, it was like. Yeah, things changed, especially our faith lives. That actually did change a lot. But wow. like the last year or two of college, it stayed relatively the same. I don't know if you can speak on that. I don't know if you feel the same way.
1: Like my last year Just, or two of college stayed the same.
0: Well, yeah, so okay, you m- m- yours didn't. Did it. Yeah, no,
1: <laughs> it's a little, it, a little, I mean, it did change obviously from before, you know, the first two or three years, but yeah, year four and five were uh, pretty crazy to say the last, say say the least.
0: Yeah. This is going to be a fun podcast. I, I can't talk today. Yeah.
1: But no, as she brings this up, you know, I'll kind of touch on the first thing. And I, I'm sure there's someone else that has this idea, or it, it's not new. Uh, I've never heard of it from anyone else. It just kind of hit my head as Audrey and I were literally having a conversation, what, last week? Mm-hmm. Later, like late last week. Uh, and it's this idea of loss of dependency. Audrey, Audrey coined the name, so she, she's got the trademarks to that. I just had the idea. So hers is more important, obviously. And, but yeah, basically what I was trying to tell her, we were, we were trying to figure out because, you know, obviously we were at Nebraska for about four to five years. I uh, made lots of friends there uh, coaches, you know, teachers, whatever, uh, teammates, you know, just a lot of people that were connected to our lives. Come here to Greenville, a great place, a lot of great people, a lot of elderly, uh, to say the least. Uh, I mean, just reality of, you know, where the demographic of where we live. And there's been this sense of really missing our friends and just missing Lincoln as a whole, I think. And the term that I, the, the thing that brought up to her was for so long in our lives, Audrey and I both, you know, obviously up until college, you're dependent on your family slash mom and dad, whether it's meals, driving, school, all that, they take care of it all. Cleaning, that's probably another big one that we're slowly getting better at. And you go to college and there's a little bit of a drop off, you know, now, you know, you're kind of on your own, quote unquote, again, that freedom that I kind of hinted at before. And, but you still have, again, friends, coaches, teachers, you still have people for us, like focus missionaries, whether it's a, you know, someone to go to and talk about or to meet other people, but either way, there's still this support. Of other people you're dependent on others not not necessarily in a bad way maybe maybe at some point in time it could have been bad on for anyone but you have all these different people that are like oh yeah I can go to them for this or I can go to my coaching and tell you what I'm doing today for my for my swim set or from you know for routines you know what whatever, whatever it might look like my friends oh what are we doing tonight you know or hanging out this weekend you know there's all these things going towards i'm de- i'm being dependent on them for what my schedule is going to look like what I'm doing for that day does is that, is that help? I mean, because I don't want to make it seem like being dependent is a bad thing. I know we kind of chatted about this before. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, I guess there's a lot there and kind of going on a tangent, maybe, because tangents are fun. I'm wondering if, because we had a different college experience than a lot of people because yeah, we were fair. student athletes. Yeah. But so our, our lives were still very structured. Mm hmm. I don't know. I've Because I've heard of people going to college and it's like, oh, I don't have to go to class. Like No one's going to make me or anything. But we actually did have people still making us go to practice. We signed a contract saying we were going. We were still required to go to class because if not, the academic advisor who was talking to our coach would tell them we weren't going to class. Well, you
1: could potentially not compete if you're ineligible and you don't do your sport. And so it's like a double whammy. Lose scholarship maybe. I mean, you had a lot riding on it.
0: Right. So I feel like there was still a lot of structure for us. So I'm curious if people who are entering college and maybe not a student athlete are living out that experience. I wonder if they reached this point earlier.
1: Hmm. That's an interesting point. Obviously, we really can't talk about it to the fullest, but there there could be some truth there. I mean, even my last semester when I was not training anymore and I had this job here and I was doing, you know, all the recruiting calls as you you saw a lot of that and doing full-time school, a little bit more than that. And maybe I kind of already had that transition period to have that, where you didn't.
0: Could be true. Because, yeah, I've definitely, to give some background, I've been having a tougher time with it, I feel Mm. like. And Zach is just generally more of a level-headed person than I am. But also, it's newer, and like you said, maybe that last semester did... Kind of help phase you out yeah. of that whole very structured lifestyle. So yeah,
1: that's very true. No, I'm interested. Well, maybe sometime if we ever bring on a guest here that can speak to that more, be interested to hear. i so put a little pin in it. Yeah, and keep that in mind. So just but, thoughts for the yeah, day. If no.
0: you have if you guys have something to say, please let us know because
1: I'm curious. Yeah,
0: actually, I think there is a button where I can add in questions on Uh-oh. Spotify. And you can actually get answers. So maybe I'll try that on this episode and see what happens. If it doesn't happen, I didn't figure out technology. I'm sorry. But next time. Yes. Anyways. um, But yeah, that loss of dependency kind of shifting gears a little bit. We were also being poured into by people. Oh, yeah. A lot. Like your teachers, they were standing up there presenting every day, pouring into you, trying to give you knowledge as much as you may have hated some some classes and certain Mm -hmm. classes sucked. They still were. Yeah, regardless. they were still they were pouring in. Your coaches were standing up there trying to motivate you, trying to pour into you. Uh, the focus missionaries were always leading Bible studies and leading groups and stuff. Of course, and, any church
1: leaders, any pastors, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And as we were, as we got older throughout college, we definitely stepped into those leadership roles more. So there were times where we were leading meetings and we were leading Bible studies. But I think if there if you had a day where you were just so tired from practice, like you can go to class and sleep, like what's going to happen, you yeah. know, like you can go to practice and I'm sorry, but you can just kind of make your way through it. You know, yeah. you you can just listen to the coach, tell you what they need to tell you and just do it. Do the bare know?
1: minimum. Don't mm-hmm. give your full effort, maybe.
0: Yeah. You know, and I just think it's funny now because being in a job, like you are hired for a role that you're expected to do well at. You're expected to give something to people. That's why they pay you money, you know?
1: And you could get in trouble for not doing that, even on one day, potentially.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's very true. So, yeah, you're expected to pour into people. And a lot of times, like, if we want, we just started a Bible study this semester. So it's like, you know, we had to start that. We had to pour into those people to have this Bible study exist on campus, which I've absolutely been loving it so far. If yeah. the if the GU people are listening to this, I've been loving it so yeah. far. So it's not, that one's not as much work, but I feel like no. there's a lot of, if you want to do something, you have to get up and do it. And you have to be the adult who is pouring into people or presenting to people. And I don't know, anything to add on that front?
1: Yeah, no, I think you're touching on it very well. And to kind of wrap it up, it's again, now we're here in Greenville. We'll talk about our scenario specifically, but this could probably be related to a lot of people is that all those dependency that we had on all those people that we've already mentioned. Now it's just, I guess also Christ in college too. I I didn't make that, that probably should have been a good point. So now, for the most part, again, we have other people here in Greenville that we do, you know, hang out with, talk and see, or around town. But most of the time, it's each other in Christ. And that's about it. You know, again, we've mentioned a little bit with our church here just an older demographic that we're still learning to you know trying to get more connected with people there um again it's just tougher when we don't have people in our age bracket that are consistently going whether it's daily mass or sunday mass it's just it's just different here and so again a lot of our dependency <laughs> has just been completely different and a lot less of different people if that mm-hmm. makes sense it's again strictly christ and each other which isn't a bad i mean Hey, I'm not complaining. I love my wife. Uh, I love God a lot. They're both pretty amazing Thanks. people, and one's perfect, one's not. You guys can.
0: Obviously, I'm the
1: perfect. Yeah. Okay, okay. All right. Obviously. Okay. But yeah, but that. that that's... I'm kidding. Yeah. Thank you. By the way. Yeah. But that—that's the point that we're trying to draw is, I think, especially with how much our lives have changed with you know, going through the engagement process and getting married, moving to the small town that nobody knows anything about. And just going through all of that, that's that's kind of the point that we're trying to draw home and work through. So,
0: Yeah, for sure. I feel like what you said with, obviously, I've had to rely on you a lot to be poured into whatever that looks like. That can be emotionally, socially, spiritually, and relying on Christ a lot more. I thought I was relying on him for prayer. And in a sense, I was, you know, definitely on those days after practice, I did look forward to going to mass and praying and being with Jesus. But now it's just so much more. Like, it's just that relief. It's like, okay. And now it's in the morning, which I don't know if we talked about this last time on the podcast. Maybe we did. Maybe we didn't. But now our our mass is only in the morning, which has been just a time oh, yeah. adjustment, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we
1: talked about that quite a bit.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. a time adjustment, which is funny. But it's like, okay, this is the way I want to start my day. Like, I want to be with you. I want to just cherish this time with you because this might be the only time all day where I get to sit back and just have God love me. You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, no, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. So amazing.
0: And yeah, I guess kind of related to losing some of that structure and some of that dependency that I've noticed is life hits hard. Mm. Life is hard. And again, this is kind of a generalization. Like I'm saying, like, like before, some other people might not have the same experience, but what I've seen is that with a lot of that loss of that structure, I've seen, you know, we've touched on the struggles we've gone through lately, and I've seen a lot of other people go through real world struggles that it's just crazy because I feel like in college, you just don't think about it.
1: You think everything's going to be fine. Like, there might be a few blips in the road and other things, but you're not like, oh, that, that won't happen to me. Like, I'll be good. Like... I'll, I'll get a home, I'll, I'll have a job, I won't, I won't ever get in trouble. I'll, I'll keep on, you know, n- nothing will go wrong, right? And then it does.
0: Yeah, you kind of live fearlessly and at the same time because there's less real-world consequences. I'm saying this as a generalization. I know people go through very hard things mm-hmm. in college, but generally because there's less real-world stuff going on, the stuff that we were worried about, seemed very significant and now I look back and I just laugh because it was sometimes it was being on a team and having drama there or it was oh my gosh my coach this this you know was not what I wanted to do today or I'm you know I'm tired which honestly we I was pretty tired so that that was fair fair. I'll give myself the right to complain about that but it's just it's different and it's I don't know it's my heart breaks for the people I've seen who have been Struggling with real stuff because, yeah, it's just kind of a wake up call that sometimes stuff happens where your your life literally changes. You know, um, life changing events are starting to occur, and there's real suffering. I've been I've been thinking about suffering a lot lately because I've been doing the Blessed is She. It's it's a really good Catholic company, mostly geared towards women, and they have these great devotionals. and Blessed is She released a devotional for Lent, and it's all about suffering and uniting to Jesus's suffering and just the complexities in that. So I I don't really know. I've just been thinking a lot about suffering and how real it is and how comforting it is to find Jesus in it. Because sometimes when you're in real suffering, the only thing that feels good is knowing that someone's in there with you and the The man who died on the cross and poured out his blood for everyone is definitely there with you, so.
1: Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I think that's a great way to put it.
0: Yeah, that was my monologue. Anything, <laughs> anything you've thought about there?
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting to see how we're here now. We're trying to pour into people here on campus and at our church and just those around me, around us, sorry, and we were literally just in their shoes just, a year or two ago you know and i think that's kind of the the hard part sometimes too is we're still learning we're still figuring it out ourselves and with time it doesn't mean that life's gonna get easier it just means that we're gonna have a better hmm. we are going to be better at knowing how to manage our time in order to serve others properly while still maintaining our own spiritual lives or physically mentally emotionally on all, on all accounts so
0: yeah Definitely. Well, do you kind of want to hit on the last thing? The last kind of change that we felt?
1: Yeah. You know, I'll, I think this is a good one for me and I'm interested to hear on your end as well. But yeah, I think the, the last thing we kind of want to touch on, on this side of it is that loss of identity. I know that this will probably be easier for student athletes to hear from since we're talking from that perspective, but I still think there's an important piece to talk about whether you're in a frat or a sorority or just college student abiding your time going through your classes, maybe there's a club you associate with, maybe you associate with your church there, like the Newman Center on campus, um, being heavily involved with that group of people there. Regardless of what that looks like, I think it can be very hard when your entire life, or even for four years, again, that's, that's, that's enough time to where people are constantly telling you that you are Audrey the swimmer or Zach the gymnast, or, I don't know, Randy, the chess player. I don't know. Take, take your pick. They, that that obviously can work for anything. And then you, you leave college. Let's assume you move away, or at least away from the university. And you don't do those things anymore. Maybe you do. Okay. It's possible. Maybe you dabble in it. I did some gymnastics. Thank like you. Yeah, I about to say, yeah, we're smiling. Because I, I, I did some gymnastics today. Nothing crazy. Just kind of have some fun. And my guys, they like watching both me and my assistant coach uh have fun and do some fun gymnastics to have them watch. But regardless, we're not doing it competitively. We're not training every single day. We're not doing strength. We're not doing rehab. We're not whatever. But again, like you want to try and step away from that because at the end of the day, your identity should be aligned with being a child of God. And that's it, truthfully. And you can still have other parts of your identity, whether it is being an athlete or being in a club or, you know, that, that's okay. We're not saying you can't. Again, I, I'm literally saying this as I'm coaching a gymnastics team, you know, and that's okay. But not letting that become the center of your heart and your, of your life and of your relationships, like that's what matters. And that's why even as I try and coach my guys, I'm not trying to have gymnastics be the center of what we, you know, of how we grow together as a coach-athlete relationship. Obviously it's hard and gymnastics does tend to be the thing we talk about the most, but trying to incorporate, you know, talking about like what Jesus would do in certain scenarios and just trying to show them patience and kindness, um, being hard on them, just like Jesus would in some scenarios. It goes towards all directions. But again, I think for me, it it can just be very hard to just stop whatever you're doing and done. That, that there's not really, usually there's not a very good transition, but I think I'm interested to hear more on your end, as you've already mentioned to me about the old person mentality uh, <laughs> after transitioning. So I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit, but.
0: Wow. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on here. um I think in college, I was afraid to be an old person. It's just funny now because I work a job where I sit down a lot. Zach works a very different job than me, but I work a job where I sit down a lot, and I'm like, "Wow, like my hips are achy and my back is sore." And, anyways, I just feel like an old person in general, and I talk about old person things now because that's what all of the people I work with talk about. Because nobody's in college anymore, so nobody talks about kind of collegey things anymore.
1: Right?
0: It's just interesting. Um, yeah, loss of identity—it's huge, and I know the end of my student-athlete experience. I retired from swimming like three months before I graduated, so really not that long of a time. Mm -hmm. Uh, It basically coincided. And I know there's just, you put so much weight into that identity because you were a college swimmer for four years, and then if you made it to the college level, you were probably also a club swimmer for literally your entire life since you were like three years old or something. So it's huge, and it's the thing you associate yourself with and we, we've had a lot of talks in the athletic department about it because, you know, it hurts people to see themselves in this very narrow box, but that's what we do. Because, you know, you, you think about going to school when you're 10 years old, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm a swimmer. Like, that's my character trait. You know, I'm a swimmer and everything. And it's fine, but it's good to be passionate. But it's also very harmful just to see yourself in that very narrow light in something that's going to end. And I know... I struggled a lot with this and I know a lot of other people who struggled with this and still struggle with this of trying to let go of that. And I don't know, I just think coming to Jesus and coming to the faith towards the end of my college experience did help that transition because I started to associate with being a daughter of God, which is what we should associate with. That's the only little label that's really going to give us satisfaction in life. Because we think the others will, but ultimately it's not, that's not eternity. That's not the thing that's going to fulfill you. No. So being sons and daughters of God, that will. So anyways, I feel like that learning to step into that true identity has helped a little bit more in that transition, but it's, it's still very hard. Um, It's still an adjustment.
1: Yeah. But again, doing that gives you more freedom. To follow Christ and to follow God in order to actually live your life better, as hard as that is.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's the other crazy thing that you can, you're kind of just, you're in the real world. You're on your own. If you want to quit your job, which I did, you quit your (laughs) job and you go and you do whatever you want and you do something that wasn't even related to your major.
1: We're not planned, not planned.
0: Yeah, aka... Like I did. I was a nutrition and health sciences major. I do radio now. Interesting. But it's fine. It works. It it does work. And, you know, you're on your own. And it, it's kind of freeing in a way because you're not tied down by a major or you're not tied down by a contract that you signed to do a certain sport and have that be your life. I don't know. It, you're much more open to discern a lot of different options and to discern where God is calling you and yeah. to actually make moves and follow that there's not really anything stopping you
1: right but i think that's a scary part right because for people who may not have christ in, the, in their heart they might see like this template of what the world tells them they should be like and they get nervous like oh i can't quit my job i know i hate my i know i hate myself i know i hate all my coworkers and all this but i'm making 80 grand a year that's what i should be doing right i'm saving up for you know maybe college debt for a family for a house like or for a car like the, oh i should keep on doing this for 40 years and then I, yeah, I can retire when I'm when I'm 70, and then I then I can relax. That yeah. that's the mindset that we're told, mm-hmm. and not to call out those close to us, but like we we've seen that, and we we know people very close to us who are not the most happy with what they're doing, but they do it because they still are selfless. Or yes, they are selfless, and they're willing to sacrifice that and probably make good money and make it work, but. What we're trying to say is like if God's helping you, trying to discern a different path, even if it's financially not the best option, or again, of the world, they're like, "Oh my gosh!" Like you don't work a full forty hours a week. Like, oh my gosh! Like it, it's just stupid. I mean, I, I'm getting a little passionate here because I, I hate seeing people who are doing things that they don't like, that they don't love, and that's hard to watch. And again, I know maybe I I got spoon-fed a great job you know obviously i I, I worked hard to you know be the person i am today but like again it's just hard for me to think that like i I could never imagine not doing a job that i love regardless of the pay regardless of the people around me like i have no issues like it's hard sometimes we've already talked about this but i think that helps with my like with the identity piece and like with that freedom is as long as i'm following what christ is telling me and as long as i'm happy and i'm loving what i'm doing like That goes a long way.
0: Yeah. I know different circumstances, definitely. Money is a thing. Money is a thing that you need to make and have to survive. But don't be scared to maybe take a less paying job if you can afford it, if you can make it work, because there probably is a way you can.
1: Well, Christ will provide. He says that, that, you know, like Mm -hmm. he, you know, if you're truly following what he's telling you to do, he's going to provide for you. It doesn't mean it's going to, come in a letter in a mail, right? But in some way, shape, or form, he will.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what we've experienced here. So moving on to the unsolicited advice portion from people who are still in the thick of it because that's exactly what you want. Are you you ready for this one? You ready for this sec? Am I? Yeah. Let's hear it. Yeah. So we just talked about all of the things that are very hard in our, our first year outside of the college life and focus the organization we talk about so much and love so much always talks about this they talk about acts 242 it's kind of like one of their mottos oh yeah and the verse acts 242 i did not write it down do you know it by heart i feel like i'm gonna paraphrase it
1: like word for word yeah no no
0: Oh, wait, I know it. It's okay. I didn't write it down. I should have, but it's they devoted them, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, breaking of the bread, and to prayer. Paraphrased, probably not exact word for word. Don't quote me. Well,
1: yeah, that's what I was like. It's that's basically that sound pretty good. It's
0: basically the verse. Um, It's talking about people after Jesus left and what they did to form the church after. And those four things, I'll repeat them. Apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of the bread, and prayer. That's how they formed the church, and that's how they learned to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I think, as I was thinking about it, a lot of the ways that we've learned to cope kind of fall into those four categories as well. So, yeah, the first one is apostles' teaching. It's knowledge. It's the pursuit of knowledge and what church tradition tells us, what the Bible tells us, and yeah, I didn't really tell you I was going to talk about this, so I'd be interesting to hear like how you've kind of been supplementing and everything. But you don't have to get all of your hunger for knowledge or hunger for what Jesus said and trying to make sense of it. You don't have to get that all from the church that you're at. I think I found it very helpful to have... Podcasts, I listen to a lot of podcasts, hence why we made a podcast. Yeah, listen to podcasts, listen, read books and stuff like that, and just reading stuff like that, and just to educate myself more.
1: Yeah, I think I've touched on it a little bit, but it's not so much just like learning what everything we believe and oh, like Mary was perfect or this and that, you know, which are all good things to know. Like, you, you should know doctrine, and like reading the catechism is obviously a beautiful thing to do. But again, learning why we believe what we believe. Again, I think we've talked about this probably much earlier on. Earlier, good, earlier on in that for me, like I believe that Mary was perfect. I believed all the things that we were supposed to believe as Catholics. But up until COVID came, like I didn't know why. I didn't know where like scripturally it was based, you know, traditionally, you know, through the magisterium. I had no idea why we believed the way we did about Mary. And so I think, actually taking the time to go into depth about the teachings and why i believe it a it'll allow you to have to be more passionate and to be more convincing when you, when you when you're talking with others but b it's also just beautiful to look at i know the former team leader at nebraska she alex rodriguez great great woman uh, she gave me a book that talked about the seven mysteries of the eucharist and as you guys know I'm, i i like the eucharist just just a little bit and I even then I, I know I I knew a good amount. But this book was it was beautiful. Like I, I got to go so much more in depth about like what happens during Mass, you know, how we can look at the Eucharist and uh just everything about it. And so that that was great. And so again, I, I think going into detail and seeing how things are the way they are, that that's what's beautiful about it.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. Um, yeah, after that is fellowship is kind of the next thing. And that's been a huge one for Mm. both of us because you can't do it alone. No. Um, yeah, you can't do it alone. You need to find that community, especially to run towards Jesus with, but also just to have friends and to have connection because we were made for relationship. We were not made to be alone. So finding that community is very important, but also not having a ton of expectations for what that community looks like.
1: What do you mean by that?
0: Well, I'll tell you what I mean by that. Okay, good. In Nebraska, the Newman Center was huge for us in our faith journey and in finding community there. They have such a vibrant college life. I mean, it is the college parish. They had like 100 people who were intentionally pursuing discipleship and willing to have those kind of conversations. And it, it was really great, and there was this big structure. And obviously, we've mentioned before, it's very different here. so. Whereas before it was like, oh, I could just walk in the doors of the church and I know there's this discipleship group and there's this formation group and there's this talk by this like crazy renowned person (laughs) who just wanted to come to Nebraska. Like all of that, that kind of goes into teaching and stuff, but there was community. I knew there were events and people Mm. to go with, people to go to, and it looks different here. And I think that was very hard at first. And we mentioned our Bible study before that we are now leading. I feel like... I don't know about you, but I feel like I've been able to find some community in that. You know, it's definitely a different role because they're in college and we're not. But it's still great to have people to at least just sit down for 50 minutes and talk about this stuff with. And And I I guess I didn't really expect that.
1: Yeah. No, it's true. And, again, we are not comparing ourselves to Jesus when I say this, so uh, disclaimer right there. But, like, when Jesus spoke to people, a lot of the things he said were, like— we're new to them or weren't, weren't what they've heard before. And it's not like everyone just has this base understanding of who Christ is and like what we're supposed to be like and all that, like you have to start somewhere. So even though a lot of these people that we were ministering out to, they may not believe in all the same things that we do, uh, may not want, and maybe they, again, maybe they're just there to get a spiritual information credit, you know, whatever that might look like. But regardless, like that's, it doesn't matter because they're there with us and they're learning and laughing, having a good time, answering questions, you know,
0: and that's the point of Bible study even. You know, it's not supposed to be someone sitting up front and lecturing. I know Christine, my missionary, always said, like, we're learning along with you and it's true because we all are, you know. Yeah. None of us have all the answers, so none of us know everything. And it's just it's just cool and that was just not the place I expected it, you know? Mm.
1: Like at the small group or saying.
0: Yeah. And it's really where I've found yeah, community and friends and it's been really cool. And just being around your teams has been super awesome too. Those two groups coincide very closely. So that's why I mentioned that.
1: But all that being said, I I think that's the beauty. And I know you kind of said like no expectations. I'll take it into a different route of like, it can be a mystery. You don't necessarily know like what you're going to get out of it. You don't know what it's going to do for you, but there is something there regardless of if they're 18 or 71, 20 or 10, it doesn't matter. Like there's going to like the Holy Spirit is inside of us and living within us and Christ is going to work through every single one of those people, including ourselves. So that's the beauty of it.
0: Yeah. That's the other crazy thing is that in college you are surrounded by people who are all about 18 to 23. Yeah. And, uh, you know, aside from a few teachers and coaches who are obviously in roles higher than you. Yeah. And then you go into the real world and yeah, we have a large elderly population here. So there are a lot of people who are 70, like the people who are going to mass with us, like they're 60, 70 years old. And, you know, I, I coach like the, these two kids and I love doing that. And I, you know, I get not, it's not a spiritual thing, but I, I like being around them. I like hanging out with them and getting to coach them and they're eight and 10, you know, like, yeah. it's just this wide range that you don't see on a college campus, which is actually beautiful. Maybe maybe weird at first, but it's beautiful.
1: Yeah. I think it's good for us that most of our faith journeys have been either with people our age or around our age. Mm-hmm. And now we kind of get to see the whole spectrum uh, here, which as small as it is, it's actually been a, it's been more diverse for us in terms of who we're reaching out to spiritually.
0: Yeah like you need especially in the beginning you need those people around your age that you can relate to yeah it definitely helps but now it's very cool to see how faith looks different in all different stages of life
1: yeah for sure yeah amazing yeah the next one breaking of the bread obviously and all 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 I mean there is you get a piece of bread from the store and just break it in half (laughs) it's just like that that's it I mean apparently that's all it is right okay sorry no (laughs) we're, we're talking about sacraments, the Eucharist, okay? And this is what they did and this is what we see. And this is why, you know, a lot of times, and I would keep on going back to Nebraska, but again, that's a lot of what we experience is, and this is a lot of churches. So, you know, it's not just, not just there, but a lot of events happen in and around mass, whether there's a thing before it or, you know, maybe a a brunch after or an event after that, that happens naturally because we're all there in communion, celebrating breaking of the bread, celebrating the Eucharist, celebrating communion. And then from there, events happen in order to provide fellowship, provide teaching to them, whatever, or whatever it might look like. Um, but we've already mentioned it before, but frequently the sacraments, whether it is mass, uh, whether it is confession, there's a lot of different spaces that we need to be putting ourselves in, not just for ourselves, but also hopefully for those around you you know, Audrey and I, we could do our own thing every day and, you know, we could we could grow a little bit, right? But if we're not giving this out to other people, if we're not trying our best to serve others as well, it's not going to look the same. And it is going to affect our own spiritual life in a negative way, in my opinion. I don't know if you have anything to add, but.
0: Yeah, I think serving others is only possible by being nourished by the sacraments, mm-hmm. by going to confession, going to uh. Adoration is not a sacrament, but it's great. Go to adoration. Go yeah. to Mass, ultimately. That's right. the big one. That's the only way you survive some days. Yeah. Because like we mentioned in the beginning of all the hard stuff, the loss of dependency and all of the hard things, the suffering that happens, sometimes that's the only thing that keeps you going. So definitely make it a priority to go to those sacraments and go as much as you can. Work schedules are hard, yeah. but... I know in my new job, that was definitely a big priority for me. And I told them I had a lot more flexibility in this new job. So I could do this. It's not possible for everyone. Yep. But I I told them I wasn't available at these times and they respected that. So definitely making that a priority. It's just going to help your life so much and help you get through this so much.
1: Yeah. And and that's if it's possible. Yeah. Obviously, we're not saying if. Big (laughs) (laughs) caveat. Yeah. We're not saying if like you can't make daily mass because your job to quit it. You know, if God's calling to that awesome amazing but if possible if you're able to go to mass if you're able to ask and you're, you can be flexible at least carve out a time even if it's only once a week i don't know something uh but i think that's been great for us now too because before you you weren't able to go terribly often with your schedule and that was hard
0: yeah i think i think my schedule would have gotten better so there were other reasons <laughs> sure, sure as to why but it definitely didn't help So, Yeah. And then the final thing, the other, your lifeblood here. One of them is the Eucharist and one of them is mass and everything. Your other life, lifeline, lifeblood, I don't really know what I'm saying, but your other lifeline is prayer, is speaking to Jesus and having that conversation with him, just being in that continual relationship with him. That is also going to keep you going. That's what kept me going when I couldn't go to daily mass for several months and that, that really hurt me. But I would... Try to find a place a place in the apartment to pray, which was hard because I was used to praying in a church. But I would find a place to pray, and that would that would keep me going.
1: Yeah.
0: And you know, your prayer life will look different than it did in college. Like I said, I was used to praying in a church, and I had to figure out how to pray at home. And I have this little system now; it's great.
1: <laughs> oh gosh, yeah.
0: I'll, I'm gonna tell them about my system. This is I good. gotta paint the picture. I'm in the apartment and. We have our little TV and there's there's like live adoration on YouTube like of someone just saying a camera in Perpetual front of- Perpetual adoration,
1: yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Someone saying a camera in front of a monstrance. So I set that on, which it's through a screen, but it is live. So I am there with Jesus. And then we have a crucifix on the wall in our living room. So sometimes I look at that. I got all my books. And I also put on instrumental Catholic music <laughs> because if it had words, it would distract me too much. But it's to drown out all of the other sounds that are in this apartment complex because yeah. there are many. There, there's a few. Living in an apartment is fun. So I I put on the instrumental Catholic music and that's the zone. That's that is the best I can get at home. You're forgetting the, the best part. What's the best part?
1: The candles.
0: Oh, I, I just or, like candles. Or do you not do that? Sometimes, you, oh, okay. when I'm feeling fancy, yeah. which I, I usually am feeling she, fancy. Yeah, I was about to say,
1: you, she really likes her candles. That's why I brought it up. I, I feel like we'd go back and be like, oh, man, we forgot about that.
0: So. Yeah, that's true. No, that's a good point. I really enjoy candles.
1: Which is a big thing, I guess, in church, too. Like, it's not just a youth yeah. thing. Like, you see... I
0: put them by the little, yeah. my little TV monstrance, yep. which is just great. So, But yeah, I mean, it works. And Jesus yep. doesn't care that that's the best you got, you know? He just wants to be there with you. And he wants, so you do what you can to get into that space. And it's it's going to look different than it was in college. And it's going to be okay as long as you're making it a priority and trying to still do it.
1: Yeah. Kind of off topic. And again, this is actually something I want to get better on. Kind of another tangent. Like I want to get better about being able to quote scripture as I wasn't able to earlier. And not just actually 42, but just in general, like. Cause I, I'm very good at going to places and I'll be like, oh, if I go here, I can, I can go find it. But like right now I'm about to explain something that would be better if I knew the exact, it was, it, it was, it was very recent sometime in daily mass or even maybe it was Sunday mass. I don't remember, but they were talking about how like you should go in your room, close the door and pray in silence or like pray in by yourself. It was, was, that, was the, Sunday... it was the
0: Ash Wednesday mass. Was I... that when it was? Couldn't tell you the exact one, but if people want to go back to it.
1: i have been Matthew, Mark, um, obviously one of the gospels, but, um, but yeah, he he talks about it's like, you know, you don't have to go and pray at a church or pray in front of a hundred people or, you know, adoration is beautiful. So please go to that. But like, there is something to be said about being in your own space, your own room by yourself and maybe with a live, you know, even, I think it's, I think it's beautiful being able to see Jesus on, on TV screen and still praying just you no, no show, no, no camera, no lights, no action, just, just you (laughs) and, uh, Jesus through, you know, being there in some way, shape or form. So yeah, I, I, again, for me, I want to be, I think that's a beautiful way to go about it.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I guess just kind of a final piece of advice just to give yourself grace because this is stuff we're just starting to Mm -hmm. figure out through this time, but there was definitely a lot of okay, what's going on? Why does my spiritual life suck right now? Like, why do I feel like this? Why is this so hard? And it's supposed to be hard and it's going to be hard. So give yourself grace because you're doing the best you can and and God can see that. We said this in Bible study last week too. You don't have to, you can't earn his love. It's not possible. It's freely given. So don't think of it as like, oh my gosh, my prayer looks different and it's not the same. Try your best to do the best you can and be in that relationship the best way you can, but when God sees you praying, He doesn't think, "Oh, she missed three days before that." He thinks, "I'm just so happy to be with her, and I wish I could be with her all the time." Right. So, it's beautiful. Anything else?
1: No. Uh, again, and and give grace to others too, not just yourself. Okay, but when you're talking about forgiveness or just people, have you don't you don't know what's going on. You have no idea, you know, and for a while, we didn't tell a lot of people about what happened a few weeks ago with um, with a miscarriage and that can be hard, you know, and we, we don't know if that's if someone else is going through that and stuff like that. But again, so just giving grace to others, even in midst when they do really dumb stuff or say dumb stuff, be willing to say, hey, I love you. And maybe you've got maybe you failed a test today or whatever that might look like. Be willing to give them that grace like you would yourself and vice versa.
0: Yeah. yeah, golden rule, baby. Nice. Golden
1: rule, baby. Well, again, thank you know. Thanks for tuning in. You know, as we uh, record now on a Monday, <laughs> we've changed it up the past three or four times. Yeah. <laughs> just busy schedules, and there was a really big big meet this past weekend that Audrey was nice enough to watch with me and a few friends. So, uh, just a lot a lot of crazy stuff. So it's been fun to change the day. It's actually been a, a great day. I'm I'm pretty happy. So.
0: I'm pretty happy with today. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It, all kinds of craziness. I, I love meat season. Oh, yeah. It's so fun. Two more months. It is fun. It's yeah. just Zach, Zach travels a lot right now for gymnastics meets, and it'll be nice when it's not crazy. But it is also very fun. So yes. it's like a half and half kind of thing. It's a good time. Yeah, for sure.
1: But again, hopefully we see you guys or you guys here are hearing us next week, but we will be recording in two days i guess yes i think so <laughs> okay Yep. <That's laughs> so wednesday like like we're supposed to be but again thank you so much for tuning in and we hope to see you guys next week
0: yes if you like our podcast leave a review because apparently that's really good i don't oh. know why but do it sure please and, and, we, and
1: we'd love to see that i mean i'd love to like be like oh it's so cool i don't even care about that stuff i know i know we probably should you know i i don't know I just. I we don't know money.
0: anything. Um, no. Leave us a review so we can keep doing this. We don't know why, but do it. Perfect. Please? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. See you later. Bye.
1: As always, thank you for listening. Be sure to follow our social media, and we'll see you next week.